It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? We're back here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for EP 195 of Lax Class. Lax Class, now in session, Jake Elliott, Santino Farah with you here on a beautiful BC day, long weekend, Monday morning. Tino, you got me up early. We're recording the pod, and we'll have the rest of our Monday available to us. How's it going, man? How's the recovery going? How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Still, still uh, going along the along the path of it. Um, the the soreness for the most part is gone. It's just like, you know, like if I walk for too much than I was supposed to have walked for, then like I'm in a little bit of pain by the end of the day. But whatever, like it's kind of what what we expected. But suck it, um, suck it. Yeah, exactly. No more cane for me. That's okay. the important part. Yeah, no more cane. Excellent. Um, How was the rest of the weekend? Uh, what? What have you been up to? Like, I I you can't really, there's no senior seed lacrosse going on for you, obviously, but uh, farmer's markets, a farmer's markets for you this weekend? <laughs> no farmer's markets for me this weekend. I haven't, uh, I haven't really hit the road too much in the last little bit. Oh, I went out, actually, I was in White Rock on, what night was that? Saturday night uh, to go watch the fireworks that are out there. Okay. Um, my girlfriend's mom, like, lives, like, she has, like, an unbelievable view uh, of, of the White Rock Pier from where she lives. So we were able, we had, like, front row seats to the fireworks. You big Which fireworks way? guy. Like I can really just give two, you know what's about fireworks. Like I feel like if you've seen one set of fireworks, you've seen them all. <laughs> I'm not really a fire. I mean, like I'm, I'm kind of like give or take. Like I'm kind of impartial, but um, uh, Jen's like nieces and nephews. Like they've like oh, never yeah. seen them before. The so kids. like, and, yeah, it was like a cool experience. The only thing that sucks though, man, is like, so we're like right above that main strip of White Rock. Yeah. Um. And there's people like I have a bit of a, a temper when I'm on when I'm driving. Like dumb drivers drive me absolutely insane. For sure. There's I'm people. With you. I'm with you. There's people that would be driving on the main strip, and then the fireworks would start. So they just stop. They would just stop their vehicle on the road and just like look up through their sunroofs yeah, or their windows. That's fine. If I was that's fine. If I was driving, man, like. I would be laying on the horn. Yeah, I'd, <laughs> like, be, I'd be out of the car, knocking on be losing my marbles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, I just have no patience. I couldn't believe that. But other than that little, little hiccup, my internal rage from uh, above the road. Uh, yeah. Weekend was good. Spent the weekend watching uh, a lot of PLL catching it. This is the first time uh, all season that I've watched all of the games. So that was pretty fun for me. Well, we'll talk about that in period number three with Evan. Yeah. I didn't see any PLL uh, the entire weekend. You got to uh, call a game on Tuesday early yeah. in the week as well. How'd that go? It went uh, really well, I think. Um, that was a that was a big moment for me, like kind of internally. As a Maple Ridge kid, even though the birds have been pretty underwhelming this season as like a Maple Ridge kid that grew up watching them, like watching Chris Gill back in the day and stuff, being able to call a Burrard's game kind of in my hometown. I know a bunch of guys in the team. That was a really cool moment for me. So I'm doing it again. Uh, is tomorrow, Monday? Yeah, today, tomorrow night. I guess, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess when this comes Monday, out. But when it comes out, yeah. Yeah. So uh, excited to call their last regular season game. Hopefully they'll get a win for me. What'd but. you think of that booth? 
<laughs> horrendous fabulous man. yeah fabulous cam i am one of the i am one of the defenders of cam neely arena yeah. it's such a it's like a barn but yeah, i love that place yeah. that booth sucks <laughs> <laughs> i felt like i was doing i had like like i shouldn't be trying to get a core workout just got in, getting yeah, surgery I but i was just like i was like my whole torso was going back and forth yeah. trying to avoid these pillars and windows. And you got to stand. You got to look out three different windows through the netting. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you got the what DJ is. there beside you going nuts. So it's uh, it's a fun time there in Maple Ridge. Uh, they lost again last night to the Shamrocks. They got one left. Uh, we should probably tell tell people what we got coming on the program here as well. By the way, Tino, I played a ton of disc golf this week out there of he did. in the blazing sun uh <laughs> tuesday wednesday thursday sunday oh it my was, god uh, it was a busy week of disc golf for yours truly i had a little rams game there on saturday as well and then out to the ridge on sunday hit up the coquitlam river have you ever been to the coquitlam river tina i have oh man i'm, I'm nice. like a two minute three minute walk from the banks of the coquitlam river and I thought, like, long weekend, it's going to be rowdy down there. But everybody's out of town. Like, there was no traffic all weekend long. Everybody's out of town. The river was spectacular. Not even cold enough. Like, man, I am so glad I bought myself an air conditioner in December. I don't know what I'd be doing right now if I did not have this thing work in overdrive for the last week. I'd be dead. I think I'd be dead. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm going to, uh, I've been looking into them this whole weekend and of course like they're sold out everywhere. So yeah, you're not getting um, one. Good luck. No, I think I'm going to, I'm going to hop on that bandwagon and get one in the winter. Do it. Um, so coming up on the program, Evan will be here. <clears throat> Excuse me. as I got to get the voice warmed up a little bit. Evan will be here in period three. I think we're turning over lax glass locks to Evan this week, Tino, because we suck. Essentially, we just suck. We we don't, and we took the easy route too. I know, and we still lost. Yeah, so we'll put the pressure on Evan, and that way we can ridicule him if if he doesn't win, and uh, we can make some money if he does. So, locks, glass, locks, report cards coming up in period three as well. Period number two, we got this guy in the podcast for the very first time. In general manager, the owner of both the junior and the senior Langley Thunder, Buffalo Bandits scout as well. And Buck, Rob Buckin will join us in period two to talk all things Thunder. He's got his junior Thunder into the BC Finals. He's a win away from punching a playoff position for his senior Thunder after a big win on the weekend. And lots to talk about with Robbie Buckin. So we'll look forward to that in period two. We got our Stampede Stallions, of course, coming up here in period one. And uh, a little thing we like to call the big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Ready, Tina? Big focus. Focus. Big focus. You got focus. Big focus. Big focus. Oh, I, you're waiting I for tell me you, to do I it. told you, Tina. <laughs> you got to get in on this here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Big focus. Big focus. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Big focus this week. Uh, mentioned this last week. Big focus up for grab. We had a couple people reach out to uh, potentially sponsor here on the podcast. Big focus is open for business. This week, big focus. We're going to kind of focus our attention on the upcoming NLL free agency window that begins on August the 6th. Tino, that's coming this weekend. 
want to say Saturday maybe, is August 6th. Check your calendar for me. And, you know, I don't think we're going to go through all the teams here. And, and I figured, you know, maybe we'll shine the light on Vancouver here a little bit, Tino, as far as free agency goes. And I know Dan and Ken Thomas want to be active during free agency. They've contacted a bunch of guys. That, but with the CBA negotiations going on, makes things a little more challenging. We're going to talk to Evan about this in period three because he's usually plugged into to the CBA stuff, which is always helpful. But I kind of wanted to take an approach of if you are Dan Richardson and Ken Thomas and you, you know, comprise those two guys together and become one person, which is you, Tino, what, uh, what are you looking at? What are you coveting as the Warriors general manager to help try and improve that team? Uh, well, first of all, um... I would say I, I would kind of go back to last week when we talked to Mitch Jones and he said, so I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but he said something along the lines of we're finally at a point where we have our core. We have our group of guys that we can build around. And I actually agree with them. I think, I think their offense is kind of their, their bread and butter. Um, I actually think that they could probably afford to maybe trade someone on the offensive side of things to try to lure someone back to try to get like a, a big or a sizable piece back. But if, if we take their roster as it is today, their goaltending still has to be addressed. And again, like I know I've talked about this before and I don't mean any disrespect to bouquet or fryer, but their goaltending is something that cost them a couple games last season. I, I would say other than maybe their, their season opener against San Diego, and then they had another game against Calgary. Those were two games that I think their goaltending won them a game. Yeah. Uh, other than those two, I don't think there were any other games where their goaltending was a specific reason that they won a game. And I think you probably need your goalies to maybe steal you a game or two extra than what Vancouver got last season. So, you know, like I've talked about Nate Fasine, but he's a young guy, so he's not necessarily going to steal the show right away. Like, I mean, I guess potentially, but you never know. Um, I look at a guy like Justin Getty. He's another guy that I think would be an, a really good fit in Vancouver. Again, he's another guy sort of like Fasine that I would say, like, he's probably a little better suited to step in right away. But, you know, you never know. He's also a young guy. He could still be considered a prospect. So yeah, I look at a couple of guys over there on the island, too, Tino, as, as far as goaltenders go, in Peter Dubinsky and Charles Claxton. Mm-hmm. Who, Charles Claxton was another name that I was going to say as well. Could definitely steal a show. You know, so I think there's some guys out there. And then if, if that road doesn't work, like I kind of like the idea that you had of maybe trading one of their pieces. I'm just going to throw a name out like like a Kyle Killen who put up 40 or whatever it was for Vancouver last year, and he's an Eastern guy. So maybe you can swing a, a deal with an Eastern team to send Killen back East and get yourself a number one goalie that way. What do you think? Yeah. No, I, I like it. The, uh, the only thing that, that worries me, and I mean, like, I'm an anxious person. I'm always going to worry about these things anyways. <laughs> but you have to make sure that, Obviously, your offense is suited to function if, for example, you do trade a killing. Because with with Mitch Jones out of the lineup last year, like I would say for the most part, it was Keegan Ball and Kyle Killen's show. Yeah. So yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I'm the I'm the one that even suggested like trading an offensive piece. So if that's something that you're willing to do, you have to make sure that your offense is still gonna be good enough 
with the improvements elsewhere that you're getting from this trade. Yeah. So can you still can you still function as a high functioning offense without Kyle Killen? I mean, like we'll have to see, but you have to weigh the options of assuming that goaltending is the is the piece that you're trying to solve there. You have to make sure that, you know, like one outweighs the other. Is your goalie that's going to be able to win you a handful of games here? Is that going to off, offset the you know, 40 potentially plus goals that Kyle Killen scored for you last season. Yeah, and obviously Vancouver being in the West is going to have to go up against teams in free agency like San Diego, which is pretty alluring, right? SoCal and all that sort of stuff. And then you got Vegas coming in, Tino, and uh, I don't know too many guys that are that are turning down playing in Las Vegas for the upcoming season. So it's going to be a, a bit of a bidding war, I think. But I, I also think there's some really good street free agents available too, not just necessarily NLL free agents that you can go looking for. Like I, I go up and down these rosters of these teams and I look and, you know, in Coquitlam, Delmonico, Hofseth, Walter, these guys are all street free agents. Langley you got Eric Moss and Chase Scanlon. And um, th- there's guys around that, I think it fills some spots here and I would really like to see some competition up front for Vancouver heading into this year's training camp. But, you know, simple with the injury really hurts Vancouver. I know they were high on him and I don't know how long his recovery is going to be if he's going to be ready in time. But, you know, Ryan Martell has not played for the Lakers probably in the back half of the season here. I don't know what's going on with him, but there's going to be some spots available to fill in Vancouver that I think there's guys around this WA that I'm watching that don't belong to anybody that if you can get them into camp, I think you, you can find some guys here around the league that are going to help your team. Yeah. And that's exactly what you want. You want a competitive training camp because with a team like Vancouver specifically, but this applies to every team in the league that, you know, maybe underachieved a little bit last season or for the past handful of seasons. If you just keep, you know, like rinse and repeat, bringing back the same guys, the culture's never going to change. And, you know, like Mitch Jones, again, last week was one that talked about, you know, like we kind of have to change the culture a little bit and we're on the right track. If you just keep bringing back the same cast and crew that's been there for a while, that culture's not not going to change. Or you're going to have a way harder time changing it. So, yeah, well, that's what the interesting thing to me is with Troy Cordenley and Philip Sanderson coming in is they don't have any ties to these guys especially the western guys right because they're they're eastern guys and it'll be interesting to me to see how big of a voice or how much influence troy and phil will have on the roster construction if they don't like a certain guy or think somebody else could do a better job than a certain guy will they have the influence to say yeah like i don't think he like it's time to move on for him let's give this guy a shot and if I just one last thing for me as well, just to the point of fighting with the markets of like a San Diego or a Vegas or, or whatever it may be just based on location. If I'm trying to sell a player on coming to play in Vancouver, look no further than the fan base that we saw in Buffalo all season, the fan base that we saw in Colorado in Calgary, in all these places where lacrosse is so prominent as the team gets success. Vancouver has, and BC in general, has the fan base here, but they're waiting for a winning team. Yeah, they are. And and as we saw the season progress last season, 
the fans started to come out more and more and the culture inside of the arena was getting better and better. And I, like, I mean, you were there for, for every home game. I was there for every home game. Like we, we saw the numbers getting better and better. And I just imagine Tino, what those numbers would look like with a 10 and eight record or a yep. 12 and six record or like, in a playoff game or, or whatever. Yeah. So if, if the appealing thing to you is you want to go play in San Diego, you know, they have great weather. It's a great location. You want to go play in Vegas as a new franchise another good location and so on. Look at what has the potential to grow here. Like look at the fan base. You saw what you saw it in Buffalo in the finals, Colorado in the finals. Imagine playing in front of an electric fan base that's currently waiting for the winning team to arrive. Like you have the potential to play in front of a full Rogers arena yeah. and be a part of like the first successful team in Vancouver. I think home is always going to be home for a lot of these Western guys. And it's, it's a dream, right? To play at home in Rogers in front of friends and family every single weekend. And that's a big draw that, that Vancouver has Toronto has that, you know, Buffalo and Rochester probably have a little bit of that, right. Being so close to the border. But that's that's a key caveat that Vancouver has that other teams do not is the allure of playing at home. Yep. And, you know, like, I don't know what I have to do to try to influence this. Maybe maybe Jumbo, you can help me as well. But mm-hmm. like what what has to happen to get a throwback Ravens jersey oh, kind of thing going on? Yeah, maybe bring back the old mascot. Like, where's that suit? Van right Raven. I mean, like Van Raven. What? How would that feel? I don't to play know. In those throwbacks. Yeah, you know what? I would. You know, that's something I don't think Vancouver did last year. Tino is is have a third jersey night, whether it was you know superhero night or Star Wars night or whatever you know, military night. They didn't do a, a third jersey, so I I'd like to see that because I kind of like the one off sort of thing. Like I love Vancouver's uniforms, no question. Their whites I think are the best. Oh yeah, but. Give the fans a little taste here, you know, t-shirts and stuff. Great. But they get, give me a third Jersey here. I don't know if it necessarily needs to be the Ravens, Tino. I, yes, it does. I, I really, <laughs> I really, I don't think I was a fan. of. Oh, come on. Uh, Jake. I just, I Maybe if they put a little indigenous flair to it, uh, I could, I could get on board with that, but uh, yeah. So we'll see how all that plays out. Uh, free agency opens up. August the 6th, and like I said, we'll talk a little bit more about it in period three because it comes with a little confusion with the ongoing CBA negotiations. Uh, Big focus is done, Tino. Warm up your horse noises. We're heading for the Stampede Stallion. Stables. You can't clear your throat before you. Yes, I can. Actually, if you had a little throat bubble, it might help you. Try again. Okay, no clearing of the throat. Nay, nay. <laughs> See, I do the, the one extra you high just, pitch one. You just fade out. Like you fade out a little. <laughs> yeah, we've reached the Stampede Tack and Western Wear stables, of course, for this week. Stampede Stallions of the Week. I know it's hot out there right now, but fall is just around the corner, Tino, and camping season is in full swing here. And at night, 
you know, come late September, you're still out there in the in the woods, wherever you may be, a great thing to have is a jean jacket. Sitting around the campfire, throwing the protects you from the bugs, keeps you warm. The classic Storm Rider is available at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Largest selection of boots, but they have the Storm Rider as well. You're going to love this thing. It's the best jean jacket on the market. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. 55 years, Highway 10, 180th, out there in the Dale. Tino, regular season's almost over here. Thunder and Shamrocks on Wednesday. I highly suggest you come to Langley with me on Wednesday and we get this done. All right. Let's, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, just, I'll, but who, who do I have to talk to at Stampede? Uh, at you're, ta- Stampede you're talking to my man, Kevin Michael Winkler. Kevin Michael I'm going to go with you. Okay. And, uh, we're going to go in there to stamp. You're going to be blown away. I'm telling you, if you've never been in this place, you're going to be like, holy shit, look at this. Would you look at it? Just look at it. Would you look at this? Um, so Wednesday, you know, you know, that guy, that guy makes me laugh every time I see that. No, you, I was. I thought you were doing an impression of the report card, girl. No, no, no. This is like a, I don't know, Instagram sensation. The, the look at it guy. Would you look at this? Would you look at it? Just look at it. Uh, you, look that up. Look at it. <laughs> Anyways, Stampede Stallions of the Week. Tino, who do you got? All right, I'm going to dip my toes once again into the junior realm because i figure you're probably going to go towards the senior a stuff Uh, and you know we like to give we like to give the juniors some recognition you might be right so uh the bc junior a finals started this past week uh victoria took game one langley big comeback yesterday took game two cody miloski oh in game one was held to just one goal four shots on goal as a guy that kind of he rolled through a lot of the regular season putting up crazy numbers and game one looked a little pedestrian. Okay. Game two comes out with seven assists, still no goals on the board, but seven assists, not to mention he had some penalty minutes, four shots on goals as well. But that tells me he's involved, you know, like he's not happy with his game one performance comes out flying in game two and plays a huge part of Langley coming back to tie the series. So Cody Miloski is my choice, but this series as a whole, I cannot wait to watch the entirety of it. I hope it goes, I hope it goes the entire length because yeah, great start to the series. Well, it might, man. You know, I was a little, a little worried after game number one in the scoreline I saw over there and thought, okay, maybe this is where the bubble bursts here on, on the Langley junior thunder who have gotten further than they've ever gotten before. By the way, before we're done here, Tino, I want to make sure I lay out, the scenarios in the WLA for the final week of the regular season here, because some real important games coming down the pipe. Um, so maybe let's just put, put the stallions on pause here for a second. Sure. And just kind of lay it out for the fans as the Shamrocks won over the Berards last night, which puts them at 12 and five with one game to go. They're sitting in first place in a tie with Nanaimo, but percentage points and one game remaining, Victoria sits in first. Nanaimo is done. They are at 12 and 6, 24 points. Coquitlam has one game left. They are at 11 and 6, so a chance to get to 12 with a win over New Westminster on Thursday. Langley 
is at 10 wins, but they have two games left. One against Burnaby on when, or Tuesday and one against Victoria on Wednesday. If they win both of those games, they get to 12 wins, which tells you that the potential for four teams to finish at 12 and 6 is fully possible. I don't know if this has ever happened in WLA history before Santino. And this could be very exciting, very confusing. And you ask why confusing? Well, the first tiebreaker is head-to-head. So just for the sake of argument, say Victoria loses to Langley on Wednesday, assuming that they beat Burnaby on Tuesday, and Coquitlam wins, all four teams are 12-6. and six. Langley would have the season series against Nanaimo and Victoria, but then where it gets confusing is they're one and one against Coquitlam with that one game back way back in the beginning of the season where both teams had to forfeit the game. So I don't know how it's going to work. Maybe we can ask Rob Buck in this. How does it get decided on who gets the head-to-head season series in a, in a game that was forfeited by both Langley and Coquillum. I've got Lang- it. Yeah. Tell me. Braveheart. Oh, stop it. <laughs> stop. stop. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. If it goes down that road, Langley would, they if they win their final two games, they can finish no lower than second, potentially in first. Victoria, with a win on Wednesday, would have first place outright, and then it becomes a a potential tie between Nanaimo and Coquitlam, and I believe Coquitlam has the season series over Nanaimo, so things could get sorted out pretty easily, or it could be really, really confusing if all teams finish 12-6. and It's going to be really fun to watch. The final game of the regular season is on Thursday, and the playoffs begin the very next night, but we don't know who's playing in it, where they're playing it, and I can't wait to see how it all plays out. So 1-1 in the BC Junior. Regular season ends this week in the WLA. The two Ontario teams are set for the Minto Cup as the Toronto Beaches and Whitby Warriors win their respected Game 5s. To punch their ticket to the Minto, I think they're doing a best of three in the Ontario final, which I'm totally okay with and fully on board with. I think it's the smart and the right thing to do when you are you know you're going to the Minto. No point in kicking the crap out of each other in a seven-game series. That doesn't really mean a whole lot. So there's your kind of and, – and MSL playoffs, we're recording on a Monday. They actually get started tonight. It is Six Nations against Coburg, Peterborough against Brooklyn in major series as both of those series will be best of sevens as well so there's kind of your landscape update not much happening in the rmll either as they kind of await to to get that schedule going i think it's calgary and the miners in the rmll final we'll talk to evan about that as well and i really i can't i can't keep you up to date on senior b or junior b for that matter because it's just too much lacrosse going on in my head and and i haven't had the time to to kind of wrap my head around it but lots of lacrosse going on all right back to the stallion so cody milowski i don't know why i said milowski like that but i did cody milowski is your stallion my stallion i'm staying in langley tino but you're right i am going senior a here 
and I don't know how you don't get to this guy. I could not believe my eyeballs while I was watching this game. Langley and Coquitlam on Wednesday night from the Langley Event Center. And Langley wins the game. They score nine goals. And they win. Why did that happen? Well, because Coquitlam only scored once. One goal on 43 shots in 60 minutes. They did not score. Dylan Watson, the only guy to get one past this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week in one, Franklin Shiliano. Tino, I thought I was going to witness some history. It took 42 minutes and 12 seconds for the Adnacks to score their first goal of the night. And it came off a Shiliano save and a rebound right to Watson. And he almost stopped that thing, too. This might have been the greatest goaltending performance I've ever seen in my 23 years of calling WLA games. Frank Chiliano is this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. I almost gave him all three stars, Tina. <laughs> very, uh, very well-deserved. Uh, do you think, like, even one goal against is unbelievable. Do you think he's mad that he let the one goal? Like, how furious do you think he is that he didn't get the shutout? If I know Frankie, pretty fr- furious. Pretty <laughs> furious. Like, I, he I, would never say it. But I know that the internal engine there for the tank, uh, he wanted that one. He wanted that one badly. And I think, you know, when Watson scored, his dad always kind of sits in the same spot at the LEC. And he looked right up to him and just shook his head like, kidding me? That, you know? So um, goalies just do not come close to to accomplishing it. Bob Hayes, Purple Hayes out there in Victoria. I can't remember what year it was, but he does have a shutout in the WLA. That's the last... And I believe the only WLA shutout in history. It's unbelievable. I, I I just I remember way back. I think it was my first year of intermediate back when it was there was still intermediate before the five years of junior. Mm. Um, I remember being a part of a playoff game. My Berards were taking on the Adnats, and we were so like mismatched. Like they are so much better than us, and we lost that game. I think it was like twenty-two to two or something. And it's like when you're going up against a goalie that is. You just can't score on. By the end of the game, you're just like, what? Like, yeah. what can I even do at yeah. this point? And I imagine even at the level of senior A, like these are, you know, some world-class lacrosse players putting everything that they can towards the net. And Frankie is still somehow finding a way to get a piece of it. At that point, like, what do you what do you do? Like, yeah, do I don't know. Do? I don't know. You know, Coquillan played the night before. They put 16 up against the Berard. So maybe a, a bit of a tired legs. And you would think, like, one goal, they are probably. Listen, he was making some spectacular highlight reel. Say, like, he made one on a crease call that he just had no business. And he stopped it anyways. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have counted, but he stopped it anyways. But there was no business of any goaltender stopping this thing. And he stopped that too. So it's just one of those nights, like where a shooter like Dixon or whatever gets in the zone and he can't miss. And this was a goaltender in the zone and you just couldn't get one by him. But I, it was a performance for the ages and Frankie, you're going to the stable along with Cody Malowski. Thunder up boys. You're this week's stampede stallions 
of the week. Tino, that is period number one. We got lots more to come here on EP 195. We'll be joined by the owner and general manager of the Junior and Senior Thunder next. It's Rob Buckin on Lax Glass. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Tawani Joseph, head coach of the Nanaimo Timmerman. You're listening to Last Class, Oichika. Welcome back to Lax Class as we move into period number two here on EP195. Jane Kelly, Tino Farrow with you, as is Rycor Construction. Well, so is Associated Labels and Packaging. Let's talk about those guys here for a sec. They focus on people, ethics, quality, and of course, family-owned. 40 years of experience. I saw the better half of Sean Ashworth. Got Tim McGraw. She was at Tim McGraw. It looked like a pretty good time up there at the Merritt Music Festival, which is back uh, but if you need a label, you need a package, Associated Labels and Packaging is where you go. And if you need exterior or interior renovations, Rycor Construction is where I was hoping to get an update from the summer games, you know, this uh, this week from, from Ryan, but didn't get a chance to catch up with him. We'll do that next week. But if you need a renovation, a deck, a fence, a new kitchen or bathroom, Rycor Construction is where you go. They make it stand out. Check them out. Triple W dot rycorconstruction.ca or check them out on Instagram, Facebook at Rycor Construction Inc. This interview brought to you by Rycor Construction as we finally run them down. I don't think you've been on Lax Class before, Rob Bucken. Welcome to Lax Class. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. First time caller, long time listener. Well, yeah, you know what? Uh, you, I don't know if I've asked you. I think I've asked you a couple times. He may have politely declined. You, you kind no, of no, no, okay. No, you never asked. All me. right, fair enough. You, well, I've never asked because Rob, you tend to kind of keep a low profile, and yeah, yeah you know, you, you're you're on social media, but you're not really there. You don't really kind of put yourself out there. You're never in the news, sort of thing, and you just kind of go about your business and do your work and, and keep a low profile. So I wasn't sure whether you would actually agree to come on or not, but I'm glad you did. And pretty good timing for you to do so, I would say, as lots to talk about with the Langley Thunder. Uh, I don't quite know where to begin. I think I want to begin with the game in Victoria on Friday night against the Shamrocks in a game that I don't know how many people expected you to win, especially with the lineup that you brought over there to Vic, and then pull a, a rabbit out of the hat starting Steve Fryer in goal and pull out this huge victory that really helped your playoff hopes stay alive and, and get a lot stronger with a 13-12 victory over the Shamrocks Man, Rob, I'm watching this game at the end of this thing, and it almost felt like you guys tried to lose this thing like three or four times, but ended up getting it done. How big was that win for your team? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was very big, and and yeah, those uh, those two shorthanded goals that we gave up uh, near the end of the game were, were a little scary, but the boys battled back, and um, yeah, I mean that's the game of lacrosse, right? You just you just never know. Is that a case, maybe? where, you know, you're missing Dixon, you're missing Church and Callies and Magnuson, Frankie's on the bench. But sometimes when you 
kind of go into a game like that with a bit of a depleted lineup, there's some sort of like galvanizing act that happens where it just everybody kind of says like, screw it, let's just go out and do this. And man, that was one of the best games I've seen the team play. And it came without a lot of key pieces in your lineup that has to give you a lot of belief that this team is kind of what you thought it was when you started to construct it over a year ago. Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of offensive pieces that were there with Dolbs and, and Connor and, and Scanlon had a good game and, and uh, you know, the rest of the boys. But I think, you know, like they just didn't have anything to lose, right? And just went out and battled hard and uh, Victoria's a, a really good team and, you know, they just battled and, and we, were, we were happy to come out with a win, that's for sure, because um, definitely could, could have been a, a different picture here. Um, you know, moving into the final week if we would have lost. Um, but you know, now uh, we got two big games this week and, and hopefully we can take care of business. Uh, Jake mentioned briefly there for a moment, uh, Frank Shiliano. Last week, he's coming <laughs> off a performance where he let in just one goal. Uh, obviously, in a game like that, there's a, there's a lot more to it than just a hog goalie. The defense has to be playing well as well. But what can you say about what Frankie has meant to you guys this season and, and what do you remember about that one goal performance? Yeah, I, I mean that was unreal. I, I don't think um, I don't think we've ever had a uh, a team or a goalie, you know, only give up one goal in a game. And um, I mean, he kept us in it for the first fifteen minutes for sure. He was just getting peppered with some some high quality shots, and um, he came up with some unreal saves. And yeah, he, he willed us that that victory for sure. So he's been great all year, though. I mean, um, you know, I don't think our team has has played to to potential yet. Um, we've had, we've seen some signs of it, but, um, you know, um, he's definitely been a bright spot, you know, among some other guys and, and we're, you know, we're kind of hoping that, um, you know, we come off that, those last two victories and, and, uh, you know, put something together for, for the last, you know, two games of the regular season and then hopefully carry that into the playoffs. How difficult is it, Rob, to kind of piece together a team full, a lot of offensive stars and some, some back end guys as well, but to kind of bring a group of 20, 23 guys together and have them mesh quickly because it, it just doesn't happen overnight. And, you know, I look at the Shamrock team, there's a, they're a group that's been together for a long, long time and you can tell, and it's just not something that happens overnight. How has the process been of, bringing this team together and getting them to their full potential over the course of the season. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely difficult. I mean, um, you know, I mean that a lot of that falls on the, you know, on the coaching staff and, and the leadership of, of the players, but um, you know, yeah, I mean, pretty much an entirely new team. I think we've only got maybe four or five guys from, from our 2019 roster. And, and then, you know, with, with the NLL playoffs going long and some of our players, you know, going deep, um, you know, we were shorthanded to start and then, you know, right, right through, you know, until now, I mean, we've had some injuries and just, you know, just typical WLA stuff. And um, so I, I don't think we've dressed a full lineup a single game this year. I think we're getting close and, um, you know, so the, the boys really haven't had a chance to, to mesh together and, and trying to figure out those nuances that, that you need to figure out to have success. So, um you know, we just keep pushing forward and hopefully we can um, put together a full lineup and, and, you know, get some games together and, and uh, they can, you know, make some way. 
I want to move over to the to your junior A's for a, for a little bit here. They they put together just an incredible regular season. They've made their way into the BC Junior A finals for the first time in their existence. They just tied up the series last night against Victoria. Um, what have you liked about this group? And you know, like what kind of challenge does does a team like Victoria face uh, in these in these finals? And I, I just want to add on Rob because you know this. I don't know if this was kind of supposed to be the year for you. Like, I feel like that window was like two or three, even four years ago when Dolby was coaching and you were loaded up and trying to punch your ticket to the Minto and, and host it and all that. Has this been a like a pleasant surprise for you having this kind of success with this roster in this particular year as well? Uh, yes and no. I mean, like we, we knew we, you know, we had a good roster and, and um, you know, we definitely wanted to try and add some pieces, which we did, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's a resilient group and, and I think we've got some good depth on the offense now and our, and our defense plays hard and, and we've been getting some, you know, some solid goaltending and yeah, I mean, I mean, I'd be lying if I thought we, you know, uh, you know, if I thought we'd have as much success, you know, at the start of the season as we've had, um, but that's just lacrosse, you know, it's uh, sometimes just the pieces have to fall in place and, and the players have to buy in and, you know, but really a lot of the credit goes to the coaching staff and, and Adam Smith and Kevin Reed and Connor Frost, you know, and then also, um, you know, Dubber, Ryan Williams. I mean, he, you know, I'm the GM, but he's just as much of, of a GM as I am. He's, you know, he does all the scouting and, and a lot of the, you know, a lot of the legwork and, and he's, he's drafted a lot of these players. Like you, if you go down our roster, it's not, you know, I think we've got eight or nine Langley kids and, and the rest of them, um, you know, draft picks, free agent signings and, yeah. and, you know, some guys we traded for and, um, you know, it's just, it's come together. They've come together as a group and, and they're playing some good lacrosse. Yeah. Tell and, me, tell me about Adam Smith, Rob, because I mean, here's a kid I coached in New West way back when he was a player and, you know, decent player, but not, you know, he didn't blow you, blow your doors off or anything, but then I kind of watched Adam mature into an adult and, and get into coaching. There was a time when he was coaching a lot of girls lacrosse and then minor lacrosse and then coaching last year in the ALL and had some good success there and then takes the reins to this junior team. This guy just kind of seems to keep getting better at what he does. Tell me, uh, bring me inside Adam Smith and, and what his coaching philosophy is all about and what makes him a successful coach. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, Adam's uh, first and foremost, I mean, I, I don't think you'll find a guy that, that puts in more work, you know, during the week and all, all of the time. I mean, he's, He's constantly trying to, you know, improve and, and, you know, learn from, from other coaches that he's either coached with or, um, you know, off film and, and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, he puts in a lot of time to, to try and perfect his craft. And, and I think the players, you know, really respect him and, and the effort that he puts in. And, um, you know, he, he's definitely very knowledgeable, you know, of the game and, and systems and, and adjustments and that sort of thing. And, and I think the players, you know, they play hard for him. They want to win and, and they want to win, um, you know, obviously for themselves, but they also want to win for the coaching staff and, and, it, and it starts with Adam. So I think, you know, um, he, he was, you know, he did a great job in the ALL. I think he learned a lot there uh, just from, you know, some of the veteran players that were playing and, and coaching against some, you know, some other great coaches and, 
we just kind of carried it into to this junior season. And he's been with us for a long time. You know, he, he was with Maddie Levesque, his co-coaches, and then he, he was on with Dolby. And I think he learned a lot from Dobes. And I mean, even in the 2019 WLA season, he wasn't on the coaching staff, but he basically came to every practice and every game and stood on the bench and just tried to, to pick up as much as he could from, from RJ and, and those coaches. And, um, you know, he's, he's confident, but he also, uh, you know, he also knows that, you know, he can, he can continue to learn and, and get better. And, um, you know, he's done a great job for us. So definitely appreciate what he, what he brings to what's the good? You got the dog bouncing around in the back. I can't remember your dog's name. Buck. What, what's going on back there? It sounds like you're jingling chains around, but I'm assuming that's his, like his, his collar or something. It's his collar. I'm holding on to him because I don't <laughs> I want him to bark. I can tell. It's cool. But I was like, what is that? Is he like playing with change right now? What's happening? <laughs> uh, having the experience of being uh, a scout for the bandits in the NLL, uh, what kind of advice uh, or words of wisdom are you sharing with these juniors as they go throughout their junior career? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Tito. Um, yeah. I mean, I think really just, uh, you know, just the work ethic and, and the, the effort that has to go into being successful and really that, you know, in lacrosse, anything can happen. The team that's supposed to win doesn't always win. And, you know, anything can happen on any given night. And, uh, you know, if you put the, the honest effort in that you'll get honest results. Here with the general manager of the Langley junior and senior thunder, Rob Buckin. And you mentioned a guy's name, Rob, earlier in the interview in Chase Scanlon, who, when he signed with Langley, got a lot of people's eyebrows raised up. And a lot of people have a lot of opinions about Chase Scanlon, and and everybody is entitled to theirs, including me and you, um, about his past and, and his future, for that matter. I've known Chase since his days with the Coquitlam Junior Adnacks, and he's been nothing but respectful to me and and I've seen nothing bad come a, away from Chase in my interactions and time with him. Obviously the stuff online and, and what people have read and seen is not good. With that being said, you go out and sign Chase Scanlon and I just want you to give me your opinion on what you've seen since Chase has come and joined the Langley Thunder. Yeah, since he's been with us, he's been, you know, he's been a good addition to our team. He's, he's a polite, respectful young man, and um, he loves the game. He, he works super hard uh, to try and, you know, improve his game, and, and he's just happy to be back playing again and, and you know, and to have this opportunity. Um, to him, you know, this game is medicine. He wants to do all he can to improve, and um, I know he appreciates the opportunity to play, and, and you know, we're hoping that um, – you know, that not only, you know, that does he help our team, but we're hoping that the team, you know, helps him. And, um, you know, so far, you know, like I said, he's, he's been, you know, great. Yeah. Low low maintenance and just goes about his business. But I, I guess, I don't know how I want to ask this. Like how did the process start that you were going to sign him and, and like, what did it take for you to say to yourself, this is going to be okay. This is a good idea. We're going to do this. Cause I'm assuming you knew you were going to take some heat for, for signing Chase Scanlon. Somebody was going to do it. Eventually. I think you decided you were going to be the guy and, and Langley was going to be the team. So how did the process work 
for for you to have Chase Scanlon come join the Thunder? Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, we knew it was a controversial, you know, topic and decision, you know, to sign him. And and it's one that we, you know, Ken and I and, and you know, our team thought, you know, long and hard about. But that at the end of the day, you know, we believe in second chances. And, and he, he had moved out here and, um, you know, he was looking for a place to play lacrosse. And uh, he reached out and, and we sat down with him and, and talked to him about it. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, we felt that, you know, after talking to him that, you know, that he meant well and that, you know, he was looking for a way to move forward in a positive way. And, you know, we believed him and, and, you know, so far we, you know, we don't regret that decision. And he's, um, he's been a great addition to our team. Like I said, he's a polite, respectful guy. He's well liked in the organization and, you know, he loves the game and we're happy to give him an opportunity to play it. And hopefully he can, you know, continue to play and, um, you know, move forward and, and, um, be, sure a, that, be a right? good contributing member to society, right, Rob? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, we've had lots of different players on our team over the years, and you know, we've taken a lot of chances on a lot of players, and um, you know, some have worked out, some haven't. But you know, at the end of the day, we, you know, we believe that uh, if you give someone a second chance, they can either make the most of it, or you know, they can you know go the other way and. And from what we see, he's trying to make the most of it, and um, he has been. And, you know, if we can help him, then then great. You know, and, and at the same time, you know, he's helping our lacrosse team. And, and you know, if it would have went another way, and, and if, you know, if he acted in a different way, then it would have been a short stint. But, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't stress it enough. Like, you know, he's, he's, been, he's been great. Uh, getting back to the, to the senior A roster, like, as a whole, you guys mentioned – earlier about how star-studded of a cast you have on both ends of the floor, but especially on the offensive side. Um, I don't know how involved you are in the room or if you're more so like an eye in the sky, but but what's what's it like on the bench or in the room in general, having that many you know, professional personalities uh, on the same unit at the same time? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's obviously beneficial with, 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 you know, some veteran players in the room. And, and I mean, our defense is fairly young aside from, you know, Jared Toll and, and Callies and, and Mags, um, you know, we've got a lot of rookies back there and, and, um, you know, so, you know, Callies is trying to help out the D where he can and Toller as well. And, and then, you know, our, the vets that we have on the offensive side, um, you know, they, they do a great job of just, you know, keeping everyone, on an even keel and, and, um, you know, doing their best to try and, you know, help the young guys and, and teach the young guys, you know, about the game and the WLA. And yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's invaluable. So, you know, um, definitely appreciate it and, and, um, hope that, uh, you know, they can carry on and, and, you know, teach, teach the young guys as much as they can. And, you know, they pick up as much as they can for, you know, for the future. And hopefully it helps the team as we move forward here. Well, speaking of the future and last one here for me, Buck, is that, you know, I, I think people kind of need to understand like this year. Yeah. You're looking to make a run and go deep and potentially go back East and play for the man cup. But it's a kind of a two year plan here in Langley as well, because you'll have the services of Shiliano and Dixon for another year. And let's probably not forget Tyler Pace and Matt Beers, who elected to play senior B this year, are probably coming back to the fold as well. I don't know if I'm missing anybody, but this is this has kind of been a two-year plan in the making here for next year when the West is hosting the Man Cup. This is really when you want to make your push. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And a couple points of clarity there. Uh, so Frankie is, is Langley property outright. Okay, good to know. Yeah, he doesn't go back to Maple Ridge. And Tyler Pace is actually Burnaby's property, so he remains in Burnaby. Oh, there you go. I'm um, an idiot. But, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully Matt Beers is is, um, is with us next year. Um, I think that's, you know, that's the intention. But, uh, you know, uh, we'll see. We'd definitely love to have him. Um, you know, and then, you know, we've got a few other guys that, that weren't able to play this year just due to injury, like uh, Nathaniel Knezikoff and um, Jordan Trache, who, who decided to stay back east. But we hope to have him back next year. And, and a few other guys as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, you always plan for this year with the, you know, with the, the sights on the future. And, um, you know, we hope to you know, take it all we can from this year and, and bring it forward into next year. And, um, you know, like I said, we, we've got a, a whole new group. So um, we're definitely going to battle hard this year and do whatever we can to try and, you know, make the playoffs and then, you know, win the WLA and then push on to the Man Cup and, and do whatever we can to try and win that. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, next year as well, I mean, you know, we'll have a good club and, and, um, you know, we try and win every year and that's really the only way to do it. And I, and I know a big reason that, that you and your, your brother Ken continue to kind of do this is for your father's legacy, Rob and, and Ken senior. And, you know, while Ken was alive, you were never really able, you got to the man cup a couple of times, but not able to, to crown it here. How much would it mean to you and, and your brother and your family if you were able to to finally hoist the Man Cup for the Langley Thunder for your dad? Yeah, I, that would be a, that would be unreal. Honestly, uh, you know, it's been gone a long time now, but uh, still think about him every day. And and I mean, he loved lacrosse. Uh, he loved all lacrosse, and and he, he you know he definitely loved the Thunder and and put his time and money on the line for a long time to try and win and i mean we had some lean years there and so <laughs> yes, it, it was did. yes yeah, you did yeah. and we've definitely come from you know from the bottom and we're trying to you know compete with the big guys but um you know it, it was nice you know he was still alive when we were able to make the man cup and, and he was able to make the trip to, to peterborough with us and unfortunately we didn't win but i mean you know from where we came from that, that was big so um, you know, and also, you know, for my brother, Ken, I mean, you know, he, he never played a lot of lacrosse growing up and I mean, he puts more time and effort and, and resources into Langley than, you know, than probably, you know, than anyone. I think, yeah. I don't think does. anyone realizes how much time and effort your brother puts into, to the team and, and to the league and to the sport in general. hundred percent. So, I mean, yes, I, you know, obviously I'd like to win one for the old man, but I'd also like to win one for the for the brother as well because uh, you know he deserves it for sure. Well, there you go, Rob. Uh, best of luck with the junior boys here in the BC final. I hope you guys punch your ticket to the Minto Cup and a couple of big games coming up in the WLA this week for you. Tuesday in Burnaby, Wednesday back home against the Shamrocks. You want to get out to the Langley Event Center and watch that thing on Wednesday night. It's going to be a dandy, I guarantee you, of that. Rob, uh, excellent job here on Lax Class, man. You're coming back after that interview because it was a bang-up one, and I uh, appreciate you doing it, man. Thanks, guys. Really hey, appreciate it. By the way, are you? Uh, are you? I, I don't even know why I'm asking you this, but are you coming to to Queens Park on Thursday night with those no good stinking '94 Minto Cup champion Junior Sam Bellis to <laughs> for the reunion? Uh, there, I saw something about that. I was like maybe going to boycott it just so I didn't have to see it all, but 
Yeah, I might break out the ring and come down. Uh, I haven't decided yet. Okay. <laughs> Rob Rob beat my team in 94 to go to the Minto Cup and ended up winning it uh, there, Tino, just for a little And you're bit. almost over it, it sounds oh, yeah, like. Uh, totally over it. Totally over it. <laughs> Rob, uh, Buck, thanks, man. Well, we'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. There you go. GM and owner of the Langley Junior and Senior Thunder, Rob Buckin. And, you know, I, I that Chase Scanlon question, Tino, not an easy one to ask and not an easy subject to talk about either. First star the other night in Victoria with nine points there was Chase Scanlon helping his Langley Thunder to a big victory. He'll be back in action this week as well. Great chat there with Rob Buckin. One more period to come here on EP 195. Evans back, Lax Glass Locks, and Report Cards are all coming up. Keep it right here. Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Double overtime. Game seven. Mitch Jones into the middle. Got rim. Got a shot. Scores! Mitch Jones puts the bellies into the finals. Stolen by Mike Messenger. Twisting, turning, scoring! They can taste it! Listen to this place again! You know, the Canadian Army could use a tank like Mike Messenger. Time now for the Kings of Queen's Park, brought to you by the new Westminster Salmon Bellies. When you think of the 80s, you think Michael Jackson, Guns N' Roses, the Oilers maybe, but as synonymous as Knight Rider and Miami Vice should be the new Westminster Salmon Bellies. In fact, the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame inducted an entire decade's worth of Bellies teams in 2021. They honored the 80 through 89 Salmon Belly squads. They competed in seven man cups in the decade, winning three times in 81, 86, and 89, all while leading the country in knee high socks. But above all else, the Salmon Bellies rolled out star studded rosters each and every season, with much of their core in place for the entire decade. Names like Goss, Durani, Dixon, Robinson, Cowison, Del Monte, Bannister, Dean, Helchies, Terenz, Quinlan, and Tura, just to name a few. Even Andy Ogilvy suited up for the bellies in the 80s, and Vancouver Warriors GM Dan Richardson snuck into the hall with his contributions. 19 members of these teams have been inducted as honored members of the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame, and according to the hall, it was consistent and elite level commitment at the club executive level that filtered down to the coaching staff and players as dozens of former players went on to give back as coaches themselves growing the game. The 80s bellies were a true dynasty. The current bellies wrapped the regular season Thursday night against Coquitlam. Tickets and info at salmonbellies.com. I'm Brad Challoner. That was this week's Kings of Queen's Park. Kings of Queens Park once again brought to you by Brad Challoner and the new Westminster Salmon Bellies. We've got a few more weeks of Kings of Queens Park coming up. Unfortunately, just one more Bellies home game. I shouldn't write the Bellies off quite yet. They play tonight against Maple Ridge and then they got the Adnax at home. If Langley somehow loses their final two games and the Bellies win their final two games, Bellies are still in, so do not give up hope quite yet, Salmon Belly Nation. But one more home game to come for New West. It comes up against Coquitlam on Thursday night. And like I said, we're going to roll with Kings of Queens Park through the month of August as well. For all your Salmon Bellies information, visit SalmonBellies.com. Tickets, info, Kings of Queens Park is up there as well. Sambellies.com. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast as we welcome back here in period number three, 
Mr. Sin City himself, Evan Sheminar. <laughs> Welcome back from Vegas, man. Uh, how you feeling after that trip? Uh, a little tired. Just, uh, you know, I was working. I was actually working while I was in Vegas. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. We'll get into some report card stuff and what have you. But yeah, now really well, hang on a second. You you told me you were unavailable last week because you were showing some friends the Grand Canyon. Yeah, which confused me a little bit. First and foremost, that the image of you riding a jackass down through the canyon uh, came to mind, which was a little disturbing. But how does this work? Because I always thought the Grand Canyon is in Arizona. Is the other side of it Nevada? No. So there's two Grand Canyons. There's the National what? Park, which is probably yeah. There's the there's the one that you're thinking of, which is the, the one National that Park. everyone is thinking of, Evan. No, when you hear the Grand no, no, Canyon, no, 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 no. If you go to Vegas, you go to this Grand Canyon West, which is on a First Nation, and it is it's set up that you can go take a helicopter down to the bottom if you really wanted to. I wasn't doing that, but um, they got this beautiful part of the canyon that actually looks like an eagle because it's wings spread. And so if you go from Vegas, about an hour and a half, two hour drive out of Vegas, it's in Arizona, but it is on our First Nation. Very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> I had no idea about that. What about uh, you know, gambling? What, uh, you win any money down there? No, I was down a bit. But the only reason I'm down a bit is that I get these free show tickets all the time, right? It's a local. I make I make a point that they're giving me a free ticket. I'm gonna at least throw twenty bucks in the machine or something to yeah. to give them a shot to win their get something back from me. You were hanging with Mr. Cooper one night. Yes, I saw I was. Yeah, Mark Curry. Yeah, and he is a fantastic <laughs> like, who, comedian. Who had to look him up? Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Remember that show, Tino? You probably were too young. No idea. No. Yeah. no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Actually, he said they're gonna do a reboot now. Apparently. Oh. I'll look, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll look forward to that little ditty. All right, uh, I wanted to get a couple things out of here, Evan. First, give me an RMLL update here because uh, we kind of recapped Ontario and BC, but we rely on you for the Rocky Mountain stuff. So finals are set, but no schedule available quite yet? I haven't seen a schedule out yet. They were supposed to actually play the last few games of those best sevens this weekend, but everything was decided, so they had the weekend off. So it is the St. Albert Miners. It is the Calgary Mounties head-to-head for the spot in the Minto. Mounties and Miners coming out of the Rocky Mountain League. So we'll look forward to that. And the other thing we talked about in the big focus uh, in period one, Evan, was the CBA and unrestricted or free agent season beginning Mm -hmm. on August 6th. But the impact of the ongoing CBA negotiations, both parties, the NLLPA and and the NLL putting out a joint statement that the ongoing negotiations will not slow down free agency. But I've been kind of talking to a few people here a little bit, and it sounds like from a team perspective that it will affect it. Like players are kind of waiting for the CBA to get settled before they want to sign deals. And I think it's going to be a a kind of a case-by-case scenario where some guys may do it and sign as a free agent, and other guys may say, you know what, I want to see how the CBA plays out before I sign my deal. Yeah, and fully understandable. Two things, well, more than two things to keep in mind, but two key ones are that, A, this team's salary cap is going to be determined by the CBA. So what what amount of money does the, the team have before they start paying penalties? 
And can they afford to spend a little more than they thought they could because of that? The other thing is, is that, you know, for veteran players, what is the ban? Currently is about 17,000 to about 33,000 per season. Now, if that changes, you know, all of a sudden it shifts up to 36 or 37 in the final negotiation. Well, players are going to kind of want to wait and see what that final result is. I don't think it's going to shift massively, but I think first things first, I just hope we have a CBA and we have a season because from what I've been told, they are. Uh, what are you hearing? On, what are you hearing on that? Evan? I, I've heard that they are miles apart, just like they were four years ago. Man, has it been four years? Yeah. That's hard to believe. I mean, that's really when Lax Class launched, Evan, right? Yeah. Well, I, I don't find that all that surprising, quite frankly. I think, you know, one side is going to say one thing and one side's going to be saying the other on how far apart they are to kind of get a little sway and a little push their direction. But I got to believe that cooler heads are going to prevail here with all the momentum, we talk about this all the time, the momentum, the TV deals, and all this sort of stuff. This league, these owners, and these mm-hmm. players cannot afford a work stoppage and a labor strike when the ball is rolling in the right direction and picking up steam as it goes. Here's the problem, and that is the players see the TV deal. They see the new team coming from Vegas. They see that there, there's... There, there the should be more money coming to the, the league, potential, right? right? Potential, yeah. Clearly, with inflation and everything else going out of control, they, you know, they want a bigger paycheck. But we saw in the crowds last year just how thin some of those teams were. Well, there are some teams haircut, that could afford man. it, and there are others that can't. Yeah, and that's really the issue, right? Is that there's probably a, a certain percentage of teams going, okay, let's give them what they want and let's play ball, and other teams are going, no, no, wait, we can't. We can't do that. We took a massive haircut last season, and we need to try and recruit some losses here. And that's really the kind of the landscape is that there's some teams that can't afford it and some teams that can, and they got to find some middle ground on this. It wasn't just they took a, a, a loss last year. They took a loss the year before and the year before that sure. because of COVID, right? Not operating. Yeah. And I think, you know, players and owners need to take all that into consideration when negotiating in good faith. Mm-hmm. So I hope, I hope it works out. Of course, this is new leadership here, right? It's not uh Sakamore and, and Schmitz anymore. It's Courier and Reinhold that are doing the bargaining here with uh, the powers that be at the NLL. So yeah. And uh, just like, I mean, how close we were last time to not having a season. You and I were waiting for a phone call to say it was over. Yeah, I, you know <laughs> what? I have a feeling this is kind of how negotiations work, Tino, where it's going to come down to the last minute and the pressure will be there and it'll be a deadline and all the rest of it. Like, I think they'll probably drag this out until the last possible minute before they sign off on this. But I got to believe that both teams at the end of the day are not going to be missing any season or game action here. They'll draw this out, but they'll figure it out before it's time to play ball. Yeah, I think that, like you guys have both talked about already, the, the momentum that the sport has been growing. I think that both sides would be, for to be quite frank, like they'll just be stupid. They would be idiots to 
delay the season because of these negotiations, but I think that they're both aware of that. So I agree. Like, I think they're going to get something done, but it's just going to take the pressure like it usually does in any of these CBA negotiations in like the NHL or MLB or whatever. Once that pressure starts to come up, like a lot, both sides are going to be a lot more willing to bend some more. Let's make it happen. I can't go another two years of this podcast without games to talk about. No, I can't do it. Can't no do way. It. Not going to do it. Uh, all right. There you go. There's a little update from Evan on Rocky Mountain, CBA, and uh, riding a donkey down into the Grand Canyon. <laughs> it's time now for report cards. Settle down, class. Today is report card day. Today is report card day. It's report card day. Report cards brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. We thank them once again for their continued support. We know this summer and the sun, it's hot, Tino. I was wearing a hat all weekend long, and thank goodness for that, because if you're not, well, I mean, my my head, my forehead, and my, my skull would probably melt off. So get yourself a hat from Stampede Tax, Stetson, Bullhide, Bailey, Felt Hats, Straw Hats, Palm Leaf Hats, great in the sun, and great in the rain for that matter, protect you from those harmful UV rays. And they make you look good. Stampede.ca, we're shopping online, is still shopping local. Get yourself a hat from Stampede Tech. Grab a belt while you're there as well. Report cards. Uh, who wants to go first here? Well, well I go, go last. Go on, on, oh. a, on a high. Okay. I'll T- go on a high. I'll go last. Okay, Tino, you're up. All right. I'm going, uh, once again, going towards the going towards the juniors. But I'm going out towards Ontario this time and we've mm. we've had a lot of negativity towards Ontario have, in the last little bit might be so, some more yeah might be some more yeah a little foreshadowing but I'm gonna give them a b to the Ontario juniors because they they've been providing us free broadcasts for these these playoff runs we got to see Whitby take down Peterborough got to watch all of those games so I'm giving them a b for providing a free broadcast and really high quality broadcast in my opinion yeah the reason why it's Sorry, the reason ahead. why it's not higher is because I can't watch a beaches game. <laughs> why are they only broadcasting one of these series? And I have to rely on Twitter updates or rely on updates from, from Austin. Why to be able to see the scores of these games? I'm like rapidly refreshing because I have like a little bit of an interest now in the beaches. Now that, you know, like there's the uh, Austin works with them and, and he's the one who kind of runs flash these days. So They're going to the Minto cop, these beaches. Uh, yeah. But if you weren't watching on Twitter, like you'd have no, you have no, no way of knowing. I know. I uh, know. So, absolutely. Shout out to lacrosse boss there. My guy, Matty Carrick, who's been doing the play by play and lacrosse superstar, Pat Gregoire, who's been on, on the color side of things. And it's been great. You're right. Commissioner Grimes and, and the OJ, Doing great stuff there, getting those games up for free, and and fans being able to watch this. And we'll look forward to the Minto Cup, because I'm sure those guys are going to be doing the same thing, and every game's going to be available for your viewing pleasure. I'll be interested to see whether they continue to offer it up for free at the Minto, boys. Hope, hopefully. Yeah. 
Okay, so B to the OJ, well done. Evan, uh, no, you're not going last. You're going next. What do you got? I was down in Vegas, and, you know, I made a point when I was down there to get to reach out to the Desert Dogs and, uh, you know, get in touch with some of the guys, see what's happening. And while I was down there, they actually ran a series of events, which I didn't manage to get to all of it, but they, uh, they initially had one night where they had a season ticket holder night, and they had a small venue booked for it. And it was so overbooked that they quickly had to, to scratch that, move it to the Mandalay Bay House of Blues, which is like a, a decent-sized concert venue. And there was over 400 season ticket holders that just showed up just to meet the head coach and four of the players, right? Who was there? I know Willie was there because he was away from his yeah. whippy bench uh, down there in Vegas, and that uh, couldn't have been easy for him. Man, that guy could yeah. run for mayor in Whitby right now, let me tell you, for Willie. But he was down there in Vegas. What players were there? Uh, Glacini was down there. Uh, Subak was down there, and I'm trying to remember who the other one was. Uh, uh, doesn't doesn't matter all that much. But, uh, but So what happened at this season ticket party? What did they do? Uh, um, so they, you know, they had bands playing. They, you know, you go get you go uh, right up close and talk with each of the players and the coaches and what have you. I wasn't there, so I wouldn't see the whole thing. Right. But then the following night they had a camp for, for kids. And, you know, it was, if you wanted to, you were an existing lacrosse player and you wanted to get some tips from some of the players, you could go, or if you'd never picked up a stick before you could go. They had over 300 kids at this camp, 80 of them had never picked up a stick before in their lives. Oh, that's and, awesome to hear, man. Holy and, cow, the, good. And, and the numbers were so impressive that Joe Sy got on his plane from New York and flew out for the event. And it was interesting to see him because, you know, it was he gave a little speech to the parents and whatnot that were there. But for the most part, he had a stick in his hand. And <laughs> he's got, out there showing kids what to do. Right? You got to love it. You got to love it. They've already got about 1,600 season tickets sold. You know, I showed you guys the seat map. They have a seat map with all these pins. I'll post it on Twitter. And they've got more season tickets sold than the rush did in Saskatoon for game one when they started. Wow. Wow. Right. Coming so, in hot. Desert Ducks. So let's hope that this momentum continues. I think it'll do just fine because if you ever go to a Vegas Golden Knights game, what just excites the crowd more than anything is a, a huge hit or something of that nature. So they're going to love this. It's just, you know, they'll make uh, it a spectacle and they got the right, they got the get, right venue yeah. and it'll be good. So, well, that's exciting to hear. That's exciting. What do you, so what do you do? What are you going? Give me a letter. An A so far. Okay. A so far. A so far. Yeah. It's a B. That's an A. I do not have either one of those. And, Listen, this is not my my report card, but uh, I promised I would give Frederick Jenner an A-plus here on Lax Class this week for getting Game 5 up streaming, courtesy of Jenner Shevolds, Teddy and Mackie on, uh, on the announcing team there. And unfortunately for my former junior Coquitlam Mad Next, they lost game five. But shout out to the Jenners and the junior Shamrocks for getting game five of the semifinal up there. Problem is, well, there's a couple problems, quite frankly. First problem is no game one of the BC final and no game two either, which 
I wasn't very happy about. I don't know what the plan is moving forward for, for this series, whether Victoria and Langley can figure things out and get this final up. But that has got a little burr in my saddle here. I think it's a crying shame that we can't watch the best Junior A players here in BC play in the finals for a birth of the Mitchell Cup. But that is not my report card either. So A-plus to Freddie and, and the Jenners and all that sort of stuff. But I got to go a little negative here, guys, because a couple of incidents popped up. Apparently, these people are not listening to Lacrosse Classified because I don't know how long ago it was, boys, where I went on a pretty good rant about parents watching their kids play lacrosse and having themselves a good time and enjoying what's going on. This was not the case over this last weekend. Back there at the Ontario Lacrosse Festival, Dino, you sent me the video of this. It's a U15 game, and parents are into it in the stands. A couple of dads throwing punches at a U15 game at a lacrosse festival. I, I, I don't know what to say about this. Add to that, there was an absolute brawl in the stands in Victoria for that game five. About 50 Adnac fans, young guys full of you-know-what, went over to Victoria to watch Game 5. And near the end of the game, Shamrock fans and Adnac fans came together in the stands, and things got pretty hairy. You want to check that out, go to the LaxMag Instagram feed, and you can see it all kind of unfold. Guys, this is, this is what gives our sport the worst reputation possible. You got two dads that are probably all liquored up in the parking lot all morning long, tailgating, and then going inside to watch their kids play, and an alcohol-induced fight breaks out. I worry about this. Not only, you know, the drinking and all that sort of stuff, the fighting, but then how are these kids getting home after the game? By their parents who have been liquored up all day long. People. Seriously, stop doing this. Just go to the... If you cannot control yourself, don't go. Just don't go. I cannot imagine how embarrassed these kids on these teams must have been for the game to stop. The referee's blowing his whistle like an absolute maniac trying to break up a fight in the stands while these players are standing on the floor watching their dads fight. And then this bullshit in Victoria with, and listen, I'm a proud Adnac. I know Victoria fans are proud Shamrocks as well. What are we doing? There's a lacrosse game going on on the floor, and guys are absolutely sucker punching each other in the stands in a game that they're not even a part of. They're fans. Guys, this sort of crap needs to stop because this is what, at the end of the day, gets the headlines in mainstream media. Lacrosse fight breaks out in stands. Mm -hmm. And this is what people read and see about our sport instead of the high-end talent and the amazing entertainment that one can go watch on any given night in any lacrosse arena around the country. But this is what the focus is. This is what gets the attention. This is what gets the clicks. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? You're all getting an F. And I don't know how old these kids are, but. Imagine if they were still seeking an NCAA scholarship and now the school is doing a background check on you and, oh, your dad's out punching somebody in the, in the stance. How many schools would run scared of you? All of them. Right? 
All right. of them. Yeah. I, uh, I like, I'm so fortunate with my dad when I was in minor lacrosse and even like, he still comes and watch a handful, a handful of my games. But when I was in minor, my dad was the guy that would, he would like sit in a corner by himself and just watch. Like he wouldn't say Mine anything. Too, he, Tino. he would too. like, wouldn't complain about the refs. Like if he had anything negative to say, it would be like afterwards, like when we'd be joking around in the car on the way home or whatever. But man, if you're there to watch your kid, what you said, these are U 15s, right? Yeah. So just shut up and watch the game. Like you don't need to be yelling at the ref. You don't need to be yelling at the coaches. You probably shouldn't even be yelling at, at your kid on the floor because he's taking instruction from the coach. Yeah. And you certainly should not be yelling and fighting and drinking with parents from your team, as well as the other team, like shut up and watch the game Shut up and watch the game. That's it. I, I bring it all back to the alcohol guys and listen i've had my fair share of days and nights with with booze there's no no denying that and it's kind of part of the culture right like this is part of the deal for parents when they're driving their kids all over to the place to these tournaments they want to have a little bit of fun themselves too but to just pint up at 9 a.m and then go inside an arena at three o'clock or whatever where you're juiced up you're going to make some bad decisions so if you cannot control yourself to that capacity, don't do it. I, 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 I go back. I just turn my attention back to the kids who had to stop in their tracks on the floor and watch a fight between parents in the crowd. How ashamed and embarrassed they must have been. And now they're going to see this for eternity online. Their dad getting punched in the face or is that like booze? People, just cool it down a little bit, pace yourself, and God forbid, please do not get behind the wheel of your vehicle after doing this all day with your freaking children in the car. And you know what's happening. You know what's happening. And that's the part to me that is just so inexcusable, but it's happening everywhere, and it needs to stop. F, F this week. For all of you people that are doing that shit. All right. This is never an easy segue, but we got to do it. It's time for Lax Class Locks. It's locked. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hereby declare lock of the week. Once again, Lax Glass Locks. No money drop at the end of the soundbite there, boys. Lax Glass Locks, you know this by now. Brought to you by CoolBet Canada. If you're not signed up to CoolBet.com yet, I don't know what you're waiting for, especially if you've been listening to this podcast regularly. You don't need to bet 50 or 100 bucks or even 20 bucks every time that you're making a bet. Two bucks. One dollar. Have some fun. We've been on a wicked cold streak here, Tino, but UFC this weekend decided, you know what, let's uh, l- let's lay down a little sprinkle on some UFC action and uh, pull down a couple of modest returns. So I'm off the, the cold streak. I'm back on a heater here, but the lacrosse thing has not been going very well for us, <laughs> Tino. We lose again this week, and I don't even think we were close. But let me get back to this. If you're not signed up to CoolBet yet, do so post-haste. 
Bonus code is LAXGLASS. You sign up, your first-time deposit, put in the bonus code, and, La uh, and CoolBet will match you up to $200. So if you put in $50, they will give you $50. Put in $100, they will give you $100. If you put in $200, $200 of free money, courtesy of CoolBet, all you got to do is use the bonus code LAXGLASS. CoolBet.com. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. We have not been betting responsibly here on Lax Class for the last little while. So, Evan, you were away last weekend. Tino and yeah. I suck. So, what we're going to do is turn the keys over to you for the entire oh, parlay wow. this week. And what this does is that if, if you know, you're you're into it a little deeper than, than Tino and I are. So, if, we, if you win, we're going to make some money off of your advice. But trust me on this, Sheminauer. <laughs> if we lose... The ridicule is going to be off the charts next week, so just uh -huh. prepare yourself for that. Yeah, but yeah, we're yeah, yeah. we're we're putting our fate in your hands this week uh -huh. for the entire lax class parlay, courtesy of Coolbat. What do you got for us? And it is a tough one. By the way, make sure if you're if you are signed up on Coolbat, you're checking out the promotions tab because there's a lot of free bet promotions and things like that that you can go take a look at. Um, so just make sure you're taking a look at that stuff. Just makes it, it a little more fun when you're watching the game as well. Yep. You got a little extra something riding on it. You get a little more invested. Don't get carried away. Just that's all I'm saying. All right. So first one up, Chrome and Chaos. Chaos seem to be starting to get their stuff together this past game. Ryan Smith, five goals. Josh Byrne, four goals. Dane Smith it was an apple machine out there yesterday there are one and a point half she said apple one and a half tree have an apple tree not an apple machine just a, okay. use that for next time <laughs> so they are a one and a half point underdog to the chrome so i'm gonna take chaos plus one and a half second one up is atlas water dogs and if jeff teat is jeff teat on an average day i think they cover this one and a half uh, favorite here, so Atlas minus 1.5, and Whiff Snakes Archers, Whiff Snakes are a point and a half underdog here, so we're going to take that, Whiff Snakes plus one and a half, my guess is that this will probably end up being in the plus 600 range ballpark, Okay. so yeah. So just remember, uh, go to the cool bet, sign up, bonus code lax class, and then in the little search bar there, just type in lacrosse classified. The parlay will show up, and you can put whatever you want down on it. And just remember all the vitriol and hate and shade and anger <laughs> can go towards Evan this week if he does not come through. And, and, and if I win, you all owe me. You praise us all. I owe you nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we'll see how all that shakes down. Uh, thanks to CoolBet and uh, for the their continued support here. And and seriously, have a little fun with this, guys. And and like Evan said, promotions. And don't forget, we've been teasing this for a couple of weeks. There's going to be some more lacrosse odds going up on CoolBet in the coming weeks. And I think box lacrosse fans, I'll just say that, are going to be real excited about this. We're coming to the end of EP 195. I want to thank our sponsors one more time. Stampede Tack, Associated Labels and Packaging, Rycor Construction, the New Westminster Sandbellies, and Cool Bet, of course. Don't forget 
to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening right now, Google, Spotify, Apple, hit that subscribe button, throw down a quick review for us as well. We'd really appreciate that. Don't forget to give us a follow on social media at Shemlax, at Ferretino, at PXP for sports. Instagram, we're at Lacrosse Classified. Twitter, we're at Lax Class. We've got a Facebook page and an email address. Here, that's kind of popular. Lacrosseclassified at gmail.com is your email. We thank you for listening to the podcast each and every week here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. We'll be back next week with EP196. A huge thank you goes out to Rob Buckin for stopping by the podcast as well. But we're out of here now. For Evan Schemenauer and Tino Fair, I've been Jake Kelly, and for the fastest game on TV, for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified. 